Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to another edition of Nickish. It is Tuesday, March 16th. Uh, shout out to Steve Austin, Austin316. Got to put that out there. But uh, Big facts. the Knicks are coming off back-to-back games where it was pretty exciting. We saw them beat the Thunder, and then obviously last night is the uh, the Knicks-Nets game, which ended in a very uh, controversial way, to say the least. You got your boys. Mo and Navi here to talk about it. How you feeling, man? What's going on? Feeling all right, man. I mean, for those listeners that care, your boy got that first vaccine shot yesterday, bro. Hey, good shit, good shit. One, one step to freedom, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, otherwise, yeah, I mean, to your point, that Brooklyn game left us bad taste in my mouth. It's not even just about losing Brooklyn. Obviously, like you said, it's the way we lost, but we'll get into that. Um, before that, obviously, we had a win and some... I don't want to say major, but like we did have some interesting trade rumors come out today, um, linking the Knicks to some interesting players. But I think we'll get into that in a, I don't know, quick episode, if we want to call this. Yeah, yeah. We got the Knicks Sixers playing in about 20 minutes. We got to get an episode out there just to speak our thoughts on the last two games. And, you know, if you want to hear our thoughts on the Sixers game, which, you know, if you're listening to this right now, the Sixers game already happened, so there might have been more drama that happened that we don't know about at this moment. But for now, we're really just going to focus and hone in on Thunder and Nets. So let's go Let's go to the Thunder real quick. Uh, you know, judging, judging off the score, the Knicks 119 and 97, you know, Knicks won by 22 points. You'd think this was a blowout game, but it really wasn't a blowout game. I'd say, from what I remember, with six minutes left to go, they were pretty close I think the Knicks were up by maybe five or six points and then they pulled away but first three quarters three and a half quarters of this of this game the Thunder were right there with the Knicks and for a while you'd wonder if the Knicks were gonna have you know another game where they fall where they falter against a team that doesn't have their main players and thankfully uh you know Julius Randle and and uh RJ and them um RJ with the career high 32 pulled out with the with the dub and uh, the mm. Knicks beat a team that they, were, they should have beaten. So, main takeaways from that? Main takeaway. I mean, obviously, we'll get to praising RJ because a lot of people owe some apologies to that young man after, mm-hmm. like, last season. i never seen this much, like, scrutiny and just, like, straight up, like, people turning on a 19-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, acting like he had a fucking Landry Fields-ass season last year. But before we get to RJ, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, our All-Star. You know what I mean? Officially an All-Star, looking like he might make an All-NBA team. Yo, bro, he had a quiet, it wasn't quiet, but, like, literally he had, like, almost, like, an effortless triple-double, 26, 12, and 12. You know what I mean? Like, what more can you really say? Like, at this point, like, he's bringing it every night, and I got to give a shout-out to Julius. But I know main topic you want to talk about with this game is RJ, right? But uh, any thoughts on our franchise uh, savior right now? Yo, (laughs) it's still crazy to think of him that way. And... The fact that he, at, at the rate that he's going at, all love to Melo, one of my favorite players of all time. He's rapidly starting to become the best player that we've had since, since, since Ewing. Melo. 
Nah, I mean, I wouldn't go there. I'd say I, I'm, I'm trying to think mellow. real quick. Like, I mean, 2000, 2010, there really wasn't anybody. Um, obviously, Mellow, and that's it, you know? May, or may, maybe, mean, maybe you can also, maybe, you know, Mel, Mellow, you know, all up to him. You, he, the bona fide superstar since Patrick Ewing. But Randall, at, at the direction that he's heading towards, if he can keep it up, he can probably win the most improved player award, be all NBA. Uh, I think the best that Melo did was all NBA third. And you think back to that article and we had Jeffrey Campbell on the show and he wrote, Randall is what <laughs> Melo, what everyone wanted Melo to be. That was a scene um, preposterous to be even, to even think of an article like that. But the fact that he wrote it was interesting. Um, but, you know, maybe Melo has it right now since Patrick Ewing, but, you know, triple double, bona fide leader of the team. We'll see how the record comes out to, but you know, I I hope I hope Randall can head towards that direction. Man has earned it. He's been killing it. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to throw some cold water on that. Like you gonna make me like downplay our man Julius, but like nah, <laughs> Mellow's Mellow's peak with the Knicks is like not being is untouchable right now. And shout out to Jeffrey Campbell. I said that was a hot take two months ago. It might be a less hot take now, but. I'm still saying Melo, to, to, given the constraints that our franchise gave him, he delivered as best as he could. Mm-hmm. Like, and we don't need to relitigate that. But yeah, all props to Julius. And I saw, I don't know, what random hipster blogger was just like, oh, the Knicks are in a perfect situation to have a fire sale and trade off Julius. And I Yo, just flat God. out called him a dumbass. And like, he blocked me instantly off from our Knicks account because I'm just like, you gotta, you gotta. You got a man like that is literally came and transformed his game, and we're just like gonna go hinky. Like at this stage, like it's gonna be the exact opposite of a benefit to our roster and like our franchise. Literally, the season we're having so far right now, both Julius and the team as a whole is galvanizing our franchise. But we legit have straight up like I fuck with hinky. I like the process. But we straight up have like these fucking dorks that are like still prescribed or subscribe to the theory that like you got to tank at all costs to have a winning franchise. The, yeah. the number of examples out there that disprove that, especially in recent years, are like almost too many to count. I'm not going to go down that road again because we talked about it all during the draft. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's just no. We're keeping Julius. We're going to move forward. And um, what, what going back to that conversation, what he said was just like this random blogger is like, oh, you know. Miami, you know, they have Bam, who's a star. The Knicks don't have a star yet. I'm just like, yo, if Bam is considered a star, then Julius got to be a star. Like, yeah. it's it's as easy as that. He, Bam has the... He took his spot. He literally took yeah. his spot in the All-Star game. Exactly. And I'll give him one thing. Bam has probably got him on the defensive end. But, like, this season, especially, Julius is no slouch on that. Like, even without Mitch right now, and I know Noel is killing it, but Randall as a big man is a big part in our defensive success so far as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, his offense is killing Bams right now. You know what I mean? Like if, so that's, that's a whole nother thing, but going back to the OKC game, cause we just went off on a tangent. I know we trying to make it a quick, concise episode. RJ Barrett, bro. Like I said, mm-hmm. I'm mm. going all the way back to draft day. They were just dork motherfuckers saying, yo, Jared Culver over RJ. He's the pick. Like RJ is going to be the pick, but Culver is going to be the one they're going to regret. Jared Culver can't get fucking playing time on a nine and 30 team right now in Minnesota. You know what I mean? Like, and I was just like, at that time, I was like, who the fuck watches Texas Tech this much to like mm. be with, say with certainty <laughs> that R.J. Barrett is not a, as good a prospect as Jared Culver? 
He seems like a good kid, but, bro, like, I mean, a lot of people owe RJ apologies because he was written off as a fucking 20-year-old. And literally all aspects of his game that he needed to improve on this season, after a rough start, admittedly, he did. He followed through. And that OKC game where he got his career high, it was just like a perfect encapsulation of all that. That's my thoughts so far. But what are your takeaways from what you see in that game? And just, like, briefly, your thoughts on fucking the conversation around RJ. You know what I mean? RJ is easily the second best player on the Knicks right now. And he's be- he's growing to a leader. I want to point out to a point and I don't remember when in the quarters it was last night I think it was some point in the third quarter um if you remember when the bench came in they struggled a lot and it was a lineup with with none of the starters including Randall RJ and quickly they weren't there in the second lineup and that team that you know squad was not doing well and then later on you see RJ Barrett but no Randall and he started going at the basket every moment he could and I, I'm I'm diving into the Nets game but as far as the Thunder go career high 32 points he finally hit that 30 point uh, threshold and shout out to Fredo on Twitter uh, he he put out this tweet maybe about an hour ago RJ Barrett you said you said Jared Culver what do you want better Tyler Hero he wrote oh, come on man. in comparison that was the easy one <laughs> in comparison because because everybody be talking about Tyler Hero and not putting him on a trade for James Harden and all that garbage. He did play well in the finals and the playoffs last season, no doubt about it. He's a, he's an excellent shooter. But when you compare these two guys head to head, the leader for points per game, rebounds per game, field goal percentage, three point percentage, true shooting percentage, steals, per, every all that is RJ. The only thing that Hero's leading in in, in this list is assists and probably three pointers made per game. But efficiency wise, RJ's killing it. Defense wise. I think he's holding his opponents to forty-two percent. That mum, that number might be you know plus or minus two percent. Um, he's killing it. He is growing to become a two-way star in this league, and I'm I'm happy he's able to do it on a national level. Uh, and you know I don't want to keep jumping back and forth between the Nets and and the Thunder games, but he held his own against two superstars in Kyrie and James Harden, um, they who both had you know great games, but RJ is ready to take that next level, bro. It's it's exciting to see it, especially when at the start of the season. Um, I know we're never really quite concerned for RJ, but when those shots weren't going in, those 21 or so straight three-points weren't going in, you, you, you got to get a little concerned there. But he's completely turned around. He's picking his shots, and he's growing right before our own eyes. Kid is 20 years old. Facts. I got to go back to what you said on an old, uh, I think in a Nickish at Night episode, maybe a podcast episode. You said you're going a little, you were saying you were, you're getting a little more down on RJ at the time as a franchise player. <laughs> and I was just like, bro, you're going to regret this. I regret it. Are you I'm happy are, to say are, are I these regret regrets? it? There you go. There you go. This is what we, this is what we're here for. <laughs> Apologies and remorse for very <laughs> bad decisions. <laughs> but, um, yeah, bro. I mean, at the end of the day, um, RJ is the number went number three overall for a reason. He's basically been groomed his entire life for success in the NBA, and what the biggest reason why I was a believer in him, obviously like he's a, I, f- I thought he was a great prospect as a coming out of Duke, but biggest reason is his attitude, his demeanor, and his disposition. That's you know what it. I mean? Like mm-hmm. how he approaches the game. If Tom Thibodeau is literally praising you as a young player for your preparation, your commitment to getting better, that's a big fucking deal. You know what I mean? Like RJ is literally turning into one of Tibbs' guys. And we've seen the success those guys have. Like, there's one dude on the team right now, um, Derek Rose. Obviously, won an MVP with Tibbs his first year. 
the Jimmy Butler story has been said a lot, but that's my comp for RG on a best case scenario, and mm-hmm. I'm liking what I'm seeing. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, like I feel like RJ, Julius, two core pieces we can move forward with. And um, yeah, if you want to pivot to the Brooklyn game, just in that in that game, it will really caught my eye, and I think a lot of people already talked about it when he bodied DeAndre Jordan mm. to get a layup. I was mm-hmm. like yelling grown man at the top of my lungs in the crib bro like he's 20 years old and he's doing that to a seven foot damn near 300 pound center you know what i mean like deandre ain't that slim slender like center no more you know what i mean he's got a little chunk to him now you yeah let I mean? me add on something RJ real was... quick not sorry not not to mm-hmm. cut you off but i want to make one point because yeah. you may comp to jimmy jimmy butler and this is a really interesting point that i saw someone make the stats that rj bear is getting is is very very similar to what Jimmy Butler was getting when he was 25 years old. Damn, son, you and that 25? cat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for our listeners, I got a cat named Mello. Obviously, had to. You know what I mean? That's why I had to like stand up for his honor just now. Talk, talking about he, <laughs> he he's not the best Nick since Ewing, but that's you get that lost in your cat size. Or you... I said it. <laughs> Weapon? You get lost in your cat's eyes. You, you you heard that point, the Jimmy Butler. Comp. I don't even know what the hell he's doing out there, but nah, I was just about to talk on that point. But um, after you cut me off, by the way. But um, yeah, that whole thing about it goes back to that conversation we had with Joshua, or I don't want to mess his name up. The um, Julio, uh, community manager from Top Shot. He we had oh, asked somebody about RJ's upside. Yeah, Jacob. There you go. My fault. My fault, Jacob. If you're listening, we had a conversation about RJ's upside. Just his take on it, and I made a point that I kind of that came instantly to mind when you were talking about that rj's age right now jimmy was in study hall you know what i mean back when he was the same age as rj you know what mm-hmm. i mean he came in as like a 22 year old going on 23 year old rj's gonna be out of his rookie contract when he's in at that age range you know what i mean so his development track like obviously development is not drum development isn't always linear but it's looking like an upward trajectory right now and just the stats right there tell it. And if you talk about stats and great comps, like, did you read uh, Mike Vorkanov's article from The Athletic? Yeah. It was a good, oh, good-ass good article, article about RJ. So he, he made a he, – he brought up a, a statistical point that the numbers he's making right now are RJ's exact numbers. I don't know all the names that he mentioned, but it was, like, some great ones. But LeBron was one of the names. Mm. Like, at age 20, RJ, the only people that have had this exact st- stat line minimum are is RJ, LeBron – I believe it was shit. I don't remember. I don't remember the rest. I just Some LeBron was the one that caught my. Yeah. Head. You know what I mean? Exactly. It was just like a bunch of Hall of Famers. So, big props to just RJ himself. You know what I mean? I want to give Tibbs credit too, because obviously he's a great coach. He knows how to coach people up. Johnny Bryant, Mister Development Guru. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. it, like coming off a loss, we shouldn't be happy. But let's be real. Brooklyn's a better team. I'm not afraid to admit it. Uh, admit it. But it's still fuck fuck Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we went to like we. We played there last night. It was like MSG 2.0, you know what I mean? Like part two, basically. Our little fucking facility across the bridge, basically, is what it was. Because our mm. fans took over. So we're not concerned about Brooklyn. Let them try to go to the finals with their zero defense. You know what I mean? How did our team make a comeback when we're off? our offense is like, what, ranked 25th? Some, some I'm worried about that. that defense for the Nets, bro. I'm worried about the Nets in the playoffs. But that's neither here nor there. I mean, you know, uh, do, you, do you want to turn back to your point about RJ Body and DeAndre? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, yeah. that biggest thing was just like, yo, he fucking strong as shit already at 20. And 
Bro, he might just he be built like Thanos by the time he's 25. <laughs> it don't make no sense. It's like a cartoon, you know what I mean? Where, like, they just hit the gym, they do a training montage, they come out, like, fucking brolic. That's RJ, like, after every summer. Two summers with him so far, he's just looking brolic, you know what I mean? Like, he even when we drafted him, or even going back to Duke, he just looked like he took a man. the craft of taking care of his body seriously. Yeah. Um. You can't say that about Zion, you know what I mean? We know RJ, going back to his mentality, he's going to squeeze out every ounce of potential he has in him. And that includes his body, his game, his jumper, and all that. Zion, he's a freak of nature. He he, he only needs to use half of RJ's effort to reach whatever his potential is going to be. But RJ, I think he's aware of his athletic limitations. He's just like, nah, fuck that. If I'm not going to be fast or explosive, I'm going to be strong as shit. And he's already 20, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that, was, that, that was just like my whole point on that, but... Yeah, we got this Philly game starting up. Um, do you want to pivot to trade talk, or you got some like last minute I mean, thoughts? I mean, I I, I don't want to leave the Nets game without talking about the bullshit calls that we saw all night for for the refs. Uh, fuck you, Scott Foster. Fucked us up this whole game. Um, and it's just calls throughout the game. You mentioned that eighteen point comeback that the Knicks had. They're terrible on offense, but they're really good at is defense. And shout out to our boy Frank Nilakina, zero point zero assists, but he's a primary reason why they were able to make that comeback because he was locking guys up he brought that energy exactly. back in and you see you know casuals on twitter talking about oh if derrick rose is in the game they might have won this one because frank look at frank's stat line zero zero and zero and it's like were you not watching the game and seeing what he was doing to Kyrie and james harden and, and seeing Kyrie tripping he stepped his his sixth foul i don't know if you got a chance to take like a hard look at it he stepped on Frank and fell, and Frank got called for the foul. Yeah, I caught that. And, like, there were that's, multiple that's fouls. Bullshit, bro. Yeah, multiple fouls like that. Um, so had it not been for the refs, the Knicks might have came out with the victory. But I'm I'm glad, as I'm sure many Knicks, far, uh, Knicks fans are, to see them even make that comeback against the number one rated team in the East um, we and a, right a there, juggernaut bro. of a team. Yeah, we were right there. And, like, you talk – Tibbs' coaching acumen can never be understated because at the end of that game, those inbound defense, like the, mm. the inbound defense we played, I've never seen, like deadass, no gas. Like I watched a lot of basketball. I've never seen like consecutive kind of inbound defense that good. You know perfectly. What I mean? like, perfectly It was done. literally perfect. And That's we some... really were that close. You know what I mean? That was some Spurs Randall, shit. Ex- exactly, bro. So if Randall made that shot, which was a fucking jump ball, I don't give a shit. What they're like, oh, Scott Foster said after the after the after the game with a thorough explanation, his call was correct. So <laughs> let's get an, indep- an independent fucking third parties are saying that shit was bullshit. You had Dame Lillard, fucking NBA All Star superstar point guard, saying that shit was bullshit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So fuck a Scott Foster. You know what I mean? And. We want to talk about strong though. World Wide West might just be low key a fucking superhero because he literally <laughs> held Randall back. Like he grabbed him from behind and like I was like, okay, that's a that's a bear hug right there. <laughs> yeah. World Wide West might be the most interesting man alive. Like on a whole different note, but yeah, I'm, that, I'm glad the, the rook was stupid, bro. I'm glad the rook got. I'm glad the rook got got to Randall when he did. Because if Obi didn't get to Randall when he did, Randall might have gotten suspended. If he got Facts. five steps closer and got into a Scott Foster's face, that could be an automatic suspension. So, Obi, Obi did good. He sucked this game, but he did good by holding back Randall. So, he had an air ball, right? Like a really yeah, bad a air really ball. Yeah, really bad one. Three. Yeah. And I saw somebody, it was like a random stat, but he had something along the lines of, I don't remember off the top of my head, it was like, oh, he had 10 corner three attempts, so like half of them are like air balls. Like, Mike. Mike I don't know if he has like some Mike kind of like up. astigmatism, you know what I mean? Like, one of his eyes is off. I don't know. He just yeah. needs to get that depth perception 
fix because yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about Obi for a little bit, or if you want to pivot over to trade talks, we could talk about Obi because mm. I personally don't like it. I, I don't like that a lot of Knicks Twitter are talking about trading Obi right away because of these bad games. And they're like, oh, he's 23 years old. At the end of the day, he's still a rookie. And he's being played off position. He shouldn't be handling the ball the way he is and taking shots in the three. He should be used as a pick-and-roll player. That's not his. That's more of his natural play style. But, you know, Facts. if you could get a good player like a Miles Turner for, for Obi, what do you what do you think? I mean, Miles Turner was, was probably the biggest thing that we've seen so far connected to the Knicks. Yeah, he was the topic of conversation for the day. But, um... I, I'm not giving up on Obi. I just think, like, you, even just, like, looking at his per 36 and just efficiency numbers, it's not horrible. You know what I mean? Like, he's doing the best he can with the little opportunities he ha- that, that he has. And I watch him play. Aside from the airball threes, like, he doesn't look, like, god-awful. Like, we got mm-hmm. the kind of impatience fans show. It's also just pretty much reflected in the reaction to the Andre Drummond rumors. Because there was a whole bunch of smart Knicks fans that are saying, like, nah, keep that dude away from the team. But they're literally, I didn't think it was possible in this in the year of our Lord, 2021, for people to legitimately <laughs> still think Andre Drummond is a positive, like, oh, we got to do what we can to get this dude. <laughs> like, last year, Detroit couldn't give him away. They got a second-round pick for him. This year, literally, he's a buyout candidate. And motherfuckers out there on Twitter saying, like, Yo, we gotta do whatever it takes to make make the team better. Andre Drummond better offensively than Mitch. He can provide the defense. He can rebound, bro. Every team Drummond has been on the defensive lineups. You look at the data is better without Drummond in. They're also better rebounding teams when he's not in. He's just a lazy motherfucker that stays by the rim to get his fucking offensive boards because he misses. And his career true shooting percentage as a big man is like sub fifty five percent. That's horrible for a big man, bro. Mm -hmm. That's garbage. And he's and this year in Cleveland, he's thinking he's like a fucking point center. Like, <laughs> yeah. why do we need that? Why do we need that dude coming in and taking possessions? Like, people really like have this idea that a rim running center that you don't need to like feed possessions is is a bad thing. Nah, Mitch is perfect in his role and he's gonna continue to grow. I'd rather have Mitch than Drummond like ten ten times out of ten. And that that whole reaction to like there really were Knicks fans out there that wanted Drummond. Nah, Miles Turner though, that's a different case. I think, especially after this season where he really did kind of turn it up a notch, would I give Obi up for Turner? I think I would, like to circle back to that. Because really what it comes down to is Miles is going to give you elite rim protection. He's not a knockdown three-point shooter, but he'll take a respectable amount. Like, I think it's he's at four, four and a half attempts a game right now. He's shooting like 31%, but he that's much better than Drummond, and he's... He'll give better spacing is my thing. He's not going to be like a knockdown splash brother, but I think he'll he'll provide spacing that will fit RJ and Julius like as complementary pieces. But I want to make it clear, though, I still would rather just ride with Mitch and Noel than try to pursue these centers. But it seems like the front office has some kind of infatuation with upgrading, quote-unquote, upgrading our center rotation. So I don't know. I'm just kind of dealing with what the rumors are coming out. But what are your thoughts on Turner? versus Drummond and just like what would you give up for Turner Turner versus Drummond that's not even a competition man Turner is he is 24 years old right now he's gonna be 25 in a week actually but he's still relatively young and he's only been in the NBA for five six seasons and it might be time for him to get a change uh to play better because he's been overshadowed a bit with Sabonis playing well um but he he has had a relatively 
high level of success on the Pacers because they've just been overall a great team. And you look at his percentages, three-point-wise, his attempts go up every year. Um, last year was four attempts. Now this year, four and a half, like you mentioned. Two years ago, it was two and a half. But his percentages you know, are respectable. Last year, he was about 35%. That's respectable for his center. And his his points per game tend to go up every year. And blocks, he's always a league leader in blocks. Um, rebounding, he could he's not he's not as good. You know, his highest was seven point three in his second season, limited minutes. So you know, rebounding wise, he's not as good. Blocks wise, he's pretty good. Defensively, I you know I've never really seen his defensive stats, but as a guy who's been on the Pacers and for a guy who's who's led the league in blocks multiple times, I can trust that he's a fairly good defender. Me personally, I probably would rather rock with Mitch and Noel because Mitch is so young and has so much potential. I'd rather just keep him. Like Miles Turner, I think what we're seeing right now is basically what we can expect. A guy who can score 13, 14 points per game, get about seven rebounds, get about two blocks a game, and shoot maybe you know two, three, two threes a game. Mitch... If we truly want him to shoot threes, I'm sure he could jack up four threes and make one or two, but he doesn't really need to do that, and that's what makes him exactly. great. Um, and Noel, at a, at a cheap rate, he's pretty much not mirroring Mitch's production, but he's doing at least 80% of what Mitch could do and has done an excellent job this season. So I'd rather rock with these guys and maybe improve our power forwards and make them shoot more threes. And overall, as a team, we need to shoot a lot more threes, no doubt, but bringing Miles Turner isn't going to do that for us. He'll put in three more threes a game, and that's not going to help us in the long run. We're going to we're just going to spend more money. I'd rather save that money for uh, for a better opportunity. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, this is just in like the hypothetical that, of course, I'd just rather roll with Mitch and Noel. But like, if if it's out there that we're interested in him, and part of me thinks this is just like the Knicks front office doing uh, uh, Miles's agent a favor, like making them somebody on like as a suitor for Turner, or whatever. Could be the Pacers leaking this shit to drum up interest for Turner, but in this hypothetical or in this situation where the front office doesn't want to commit to Mitch big money and they would rather kind of roll with Turner, I see the logic in that just because his... I don't like his contract. His contract's not bad. It's $18 million per year, um, and he has two years left after the season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a short contract for a, for a highly valuable skill set. Yeah, the rebounding might be a thing, but... Julius is a monster. RJ, he's a he's a great rebounder for his position as a wing player. And I just feel like team rebounding is not an issue for us. You know what I mean? Even when, without Mitch, like, we're still, like, defensive rebounding like, like, like crazy. You know what I mean? Like, that's one of our keys to our defense. Like, that's actually one of the main things of good defense. Like, you can't literally have a good defensive possession if you don't get the rebound afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, I think, I think Turner will be a good-ass fit. And in my hypothetical scenario, I don't want to do this, but I'm kind of thinking maybe the front office wants to bring Turner in and then flip Mitch for, like, offensive help, maybe shooting, maybe, like, a guard. I don't know. What do you, what's your take on that? Well, if you're not going to use Mitch in the trade for Turner, who are you trading for Turner besides Obi? Um, well, I don't. I have no idea what Indiana is thinking. Um, yeah. I, but it was an Indiana beat reporter though that reported this rumor today. So I put credence in that. You know what I mean? Because like he's obviously connected to that front office. So what I was thinking is, 
somebody asked me on Twitter, like, why would why would Indiana give him up? And I'm thinking, like, I'm looking at the contracts, like, that's a lot of money tied up to two centers, Sabonis and Turner. Maybe they just want to reallocate their money to different positions and open up some flexibility. And I don't know what the standings are right now, but Indiana's in that playoff hunt, right? Maybe they would want mm-hmm. Noel, Burks, um, Noel, Burks, Frank, and a first-round pick for Turner. Would you do that? Noel, Burks, Frank, and a first-round pick? For Turner. One of the first-round picks this year, either ours or Dallas. I would probably wait till June to make any major trades like that for a first-round pick because we don't. At the end of the day, we don't really know who's making the playoffs and who's not. This class is loaded. Um, do really we need? Is, yeah. How much better of a team are we gonna get with Miles Turner on it? I don't. I don't know if we're gonna get that much better. How many more wins is he gonna add? I don't think he's gonna bring that many more wins. I mean, I'm taking in this hypothetical scenario. Let's say we get Turner for that package and we flip bitch and we cut Alfred. That literally does make us a better team in terms of like this the offensive spacing, the flow. Let's say it's IQ, um, IQ starting, RJ, Julius, Turner, and this hypothetical guard that we bring in in a package with Mitch. And I'm trying to think who it could be. Um, shit, I probably didn't think this all the way through. I don't know. Maybe like it's just it's weird to me that we're connected to these centers. So I think you know where there's smoke, there's fire. Maybe the front office isn't as high on Mitch as we are as fans, you know what I mean? And it could be other reasons off the court and stuff. I don't know. Like, why else would we be, we be connected to big men? There was also a John Collins rumor, like, a little while back, you know what I mean? These are all mm-hmm. big men when we got Julius and Obi and Mitch. just didn't make sense to me, you know what I mean? So part of me thinks it's bullshit, but another part could just be thinking, like, yeah, maybe there are some voices in the front office that aren't really fond of the idea of paying Mitch. So would you want to pay Mitch, let's say, hypothetically, 15 to 60 million every year for four years or would you rather have miles turner's 18 million per year on the books for only two more years because i think that's got to come into play as well because you know you got brock holler over there the human calculator he's probably doing the same math too you know what i mean that then the question becomes like how high of a ceiling do you think mitchell robinson has and i think the ceiling that he has could be rudy gobert level who's making like 20 plus and 15 16 mil might be a bargain for a player of that caliber you know what i mean like i think i think his ceiling is higher than miles turner because because of the defensive attention that he brings upon himself and just not not defensive attention but the defensive anchor role that he plays in the league and he's willing to do the dirty work you know, I'm, I'll be honest. I haven't seen that many Miles Turner games for me to be able to tell that. Yeah, Miles Turner definitely does all the dirty work, so Julius Randle doesn't have to. But from what I've seen from Mitch and Noel, they're more than willing to to do that. I I get the the flip for an offensive player. It would also depend on who that player is. You know what I mean? If it's a young guy who who's a really good shooter, that's important. Do you have someone in mind? Yeah, just hit me, Kyle Lowry. I don't know how the math would work. Let's say we let's that package I did. We put Mitch in a package with fucking Knox and another pick. And fuck, what, what's our salaries looking like? Um, shit. Alfred. Hypothetically, because I'm just bullshitting right now. Like, uh, don't don't come at us like cap geeks and whatever. You know what I mean? Like, but what if it's what if all these moves come 
I don't think any of this will happen. I legit think it'll be a low-key <laughs> trade deadline. I mean, yeah. but this is part of the fun of being a fan. We're just speculating off of bullshit. But what if I were to tell you the starting lineup is Lowry, IQ, RJ, Julius, and Miles Turner in my 2K in real life scenario? <laughs> and that, I think there's like a 0% chance this happens. But like in this hypothetical scenario. <laughs> in, that, in that hypothetical scenario, I, I would probably still want IQ to be the sixth man. Uh, if Lowry mm-hmm. has the ball, I might want him to be six nine because Lowry's gonna put up shots anyway. Um, IQ coming off the bench that would be pretty sexy. If if Lowry's point guard, um, maybe Frank could be shooting guard. I don't know, but I mean that that lineup sounds okay. How how many years is Lowry's contract? I think he, I think he's a free agent this year. Shit, I'd right. be mistaken. Yeah, it, it depends on what we're what we're giving up. I feel like you told me what we're giving up, but I, I already forgot. I don't even know because, like, I just remembered his contract is like thirty milli, and then like you got Miles Turner is eighteen. Like, I don't think the math checks out on that. Even though I think we have like what ten million in cap space this year. Ten, I think ten or twelve. Um, but even if we get them, that means we're a win now team. We're gonna have to give up some first round picks to get both of these guys. Yeah, is a thirty four year old Larry and uh, a Miles Turner two guys bringing them midway through the season going to be two guys who can make us do get into a deep playoff run. Maybe not because they're not getting enough time to gel, and maybe That's we don't have true. enough good supporting cast members. And at that point, we might lose Lowry in free agency to maybe Philly, um, and he could get a cheaper deal with them and try to try to join their team because they've been killing it this season. I don't know. I don't think yeah. that's. I, I my first instinct right now is that's probably not going to be worth it. Yeah, I mean, that's just a whole crazy scenario I just cooked up. But I don't know. I mean, that, that Indiana or that Miles Turner rumor today just had me thinking because that was like a name I did not expect us to be connected to. Mm-hmm. I kind of get Drummond because it seems like Scott Perry has an infatuation with him. And I'm not, like, I'm not like a Scott Perry hater, but like it's very clear who wanted Drummond in our front office last year when that rumor came out. Like we almost traded for him. We almost traded for D'Angelo. D'Angelo was Steve Mills. Drummond seems like, um, you know, Scott Perry's guy. And, um... Yeah, I mean, if the thing about Drummond is, I just kind of just shit on his entire game. But if he's bought out and we could sign him, then I'm not opposed to that because you don't have to give up assets. You know what I mean? And that'll allow you at least to, I guess, flip Noel and maybe Burks and like another some assets for other areas of need on the roster. You know what I mean? And you could ride with Drummond and Mitch. I don't know if Drummond wants to be a six man, but he'll definitely have to be a six man if Mitch is back. But yeah, I don't know. I just I low key think not even low key. I, I definitely do think we're gonna have a low key trade deadline, like the Knicks. We being the Knicks, I think the biggest name that we could probably get realistically is probably Lonzo. But otherwise, you know, trade trade deadline is in what like a week? Less I think the twenty fifth. Damn, that's fast. Yep. But I guess I don't know. I mean. I want to say that our front office is tight lip, but then you go back. Last year, we kept thinking, oh, this OB stuff is a smokescreen. This this Tyrese Halliburton stuff is a smokescreen. Then it came out after the fact that all those guys are like exactly who the Knicks liked. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that New York Post article said, we also like Devin Vassell, which was reported a lot back then. So somebody is leaking shit from our front office. I'm thinking it's Scott Perry because he knows he's out the door. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Try to be petty. <laughs> Probably. He's just like, yo, this, this is what's going on right now. Yo, y'all bring me on board, give me a paycheck, I'll, I'll help y'all. <laughs> but, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Uh, we haven't really seen any hard rumors, you know what I mean? The Knicks are almost always being mentioned 
with a number of other teams. It's not just like, oh, the Knicks are honing in, honing in on this one guy. You know what I mean? We're just listed amongst like a like a list of other candidates. So, yeah, I don't know. Might just be a quiet deadline, and we just roll with the dudes we got. You know what I mean? And I'd be okay with that. Um, nice. Yeah, I think we should wrap this up because the uh, Sixers game started with the Knicks, so I do want to catch that. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate you guys checking out this episode of Nickish. Make sure you follow us on all podcasting platforms and YouTube at Nickish Show. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show, and make sure you you know keep a lookout for new episodes. We have Nickish Night coming up later this week. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Until next time, guys. Take care. Go Knicks. Uh, be safe. I, I don't know why I threw in go Knicks in between that. Be safe. <laughs> Priorities. Priorities. <laughs> yeah, right. <brother. laughs> it just it just came out. Uh, be safe. Take care. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy the rest of the week, and hopefully, uh, by the time you listen to this, the Knicks will be on a winning streak against the Sixers. So, take care. Peace. Is one game a winning streak. In our in our anyway, books, yeah, it peace. Is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll figure that out later. But yeah, peace. Enjoy the game if y'all are watching right now, which is probably irrelevant because we're gonna post this later. But anyway, yeah, peace.